0: Night podcast where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and I am so excited you have joined us for the spookiest episode, the creepiest, most Halloweeniest episode of the Family Movie Night podcast. And we are talking about a genuine. Horror film. Uh, we we have kind of eased our way into this in the past. We watched uh, a Quiet Place, which is kind of thrillery with a little bit of horror elements. Uh, we've been talking about some Halloween movies, but today we decided let's just jump right into a scary supernatural type horror movie uh, with the 2016 film Before I Wake. Uh, but I am joined as always uh, by my wonderful co-host, the hero of our podcast, making butterflies with his mind donnie dorsey how you
1: doing today <laughs> good morning what hero are you <laughs> yeah i'm like uh, uh i'm like if dracula was a good guy
0: <laughs> okay all right so like that uh that dracula what was it called dracula untold that was like the <laughs> origin story of dracula but he was kind of a hero you know
1: just a nice guy he's just a nice guy with uh you know he's just trying to live his life
0: if you've seen the latest episode of She-Hulk, uh, the rumors on the internet are that we have seen Blade's son, uh, that he was in the latest episode. So very hmm. exciting. He was a vampire character uh, for those who are interested in such things. Because Blade <laughs> apparently is going to take place in the 80s. So, Oh, okay. Since nobody's interested in that, let's go on to uh, the villain of our podcast. The genuine-
2: definitely is interested in that, by the he way. Is- okay, I, I just want to say, I... <laughs>
0: Well, I was going to say, I, it was a good segue to the blood-sucking, cold-hearted, undead member of our podcast, yeah. Sawyer Hewlett. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm good. I, uh, I'm i really excited to talk about this movie. I will say, I think the villain of this podcast, based on the twist of the end of this movie, should I've be I've already Heidi. got an
0: answer for this, so you don't get I to do it. I think it should be ahead. Heidi.
2: I think Heidi should be the villain of this podcast for today. Totally. Okay. Oh. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. Why why I don't get
2: to the be twist the canker on
3: the Halloween thing. So
2: yeah, exactly. I don't get to be the hanker man is the thing.
0: That's true. Well, and no, so, I was going to go for that you were just you were just a broken uh child welfare right. system. So yeah. that's, that's what you are, which in reality is a real problem. But yeah. uh let's go ahead and talk to the mom of our podcast calling in sick. I'm just saying she showed up not feeling good. Heidi Cooper, I I appreciate you're here on the podcast, not only not feeling well, but not having watched the correct movie.
3: Yeah, it's what moms do. Both yeah. of those things. Watch <laughs> the wrong movie. Yes. Struggle with technology. And also show up sick.
0: Yes, exactly. But you're you're doing it. You moms don't get a day off. Right. Moms don't get to call in sick. I love mom it, mode. Better.
1: Mom mode activated. That's right. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, hey, uh, have you guys seen, I thought about this this morning. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but Heidi did watch the incorrect movie. We watched a movie, as I've already said, called Before I Wake. She watched a movie called While We Sleep, which is almost, almost the same. It's like that, I think it's an SNL sketch that's like the mom celebrity translator where the mom is like trying to say what the name of it, like it's like Ryan Gosling and she's like, she's like Duck Bill Platypus and they put it in. It's like Ryan Gosling. So that's that's apparently what has happened here today. But before we get to all of our uh, hijinks and shenanigans, uh, Donnie, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast?
1: Yeah, so on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have routine regular times of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships.
2: Yeah. And uh, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy. And in today's case, fear and sadness in this uh, safe environment, but they also give us chances to talk about matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with, uh, with your children. And uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you could watch on your monthly movie night, but give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you can have with your kids during or after the movie.
3: And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing to your list as parents that you feel like you have to do, and then you feel guilty if you don't get it done. We just want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together um, and have conversations that matter. So throughout today, we're going to talk about um, fun and easy ways to help you think through um, ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids.
0: And so today we are talking uh, about a really... um, Honestly, and what I love about this movie, it is a very emotional uh, horror film. Uh, and uh, in case you have not seen Before I Wake, which I think most people had not. Sawyer, I don't think you had seen it before. Before we assigned it to this podcast, Heidi has still not seen it. And uh, Donnie, had you seen this? I think we were talking before that you had also not seen this before.
1: No, I hadn't seen it yet. I was. Uh, I remember hearing about it, but it got lost in the ether of things that I'm supposed to watch. Yes,
0: this is technically a Netflix original, uh, but it's not one that Netflix produced. It is one that they purchased. I believe it was part of their deal with the director of this movie, uh, who many people have seen this work by him, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, the TV show that is on Netflix, as well as The Haunting of Bly Manor and Midnight Mass, uh, which are all TV series, that horror TV series that director Mike Flanagan produced. This was a movie he had actually directed before his deal with netflix and if i'm remembering it correctly i think part of his deal was that netflix would release this movie uh, because no one wanted to release it which is a little shocking to me because i think this movie is pretty darn good and uh we're gonna talk about that but in case you don't know what it's about uh it is about foster parents mark and jesse who welcome eight-year-old cody into their home The boy tells Jesse that he's terrified to fall asleep, but she assumes it's just a natural fear for any young child. And I'll just say, as a uh, foster parent myself, it is incredibly normal for foster children. Uh, The couple becomes startled when their dead biological son, who they are still grieving, suddenly appears in their living room as part of Cody's dreams. To their surprise, Cody's dreams can magically become real but so can his nightmares as he is being pursued uh, by an evil monster entity known as the Kanker man. Mark and Jesse must now uncover the truth behind Cody's mysterious ability before his imagination harms them all. Uh, so I'll say a couple things about this movie. I know a lot of families don't like to watch scary movies together. And a lot of the reason why is because, and this is true, a lot of horror movies have... Um, content that is just not appropriate whether it be sexual content whether it be like gore and violence or a lot of language i think this is a great horror movie in the sense that there is there's no sex uh there's really not a ton of violence there's a little bit of um kind of scary situations around it uh there's i'd say there's zero gore there is there's not i don't think it's i don't think there's any blood in the movie Um, it is, uh, but I will say this. I think all of us would say because of the creatures that are in the movie, uh, you probably want to maybe look at some images of the film before you watch it because I think younger viewers are going to be really scared. uh, And uh, especially if you have kids that kind of themselves have nightmares, uh, it might be a little too much. So I think we're suggesting that this is a PG-13. So probably 13 and up. Is, Is that what we're feeling, guys?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, full disclosure, my 10-year-old, my 8-year-old watched it. So, if you think your 10- and 8-year-olds can handle it, I think that's perfectly fine. Like I said, there's nothing really objectionable in the content, but it is just a a little creepy. I don't even think there's that much language in the movie. No, it's very, it's very same. Yeah. 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 So, um, but, and I'll say this, well, I'll get to why I watched this with my 10- and 8-year-olds before that. But first, um, Sawyer, why don't you talk about what it is that you enjoyed about Before I Wake?
2: Yeah, um, I enjoy a lot about this movie. So I, I really like the director. I, everything I've seen of his, I really like. I, I, there's only one thing left that I think I haven't seen. You know, um, we were
0: talking about the other day. I'm guessing you're still talking about Ouija Origin yeah, of Evil. Ouija, Origin of Evil. Have you um, seen Abs- Absentia? It's just his very first movie. Oh no, it's not available anywhere, is it? Is it on I, Netflix? I may own it. This may be like oh, a Sawyer okay. and Nathan movie night, like a bro I, night. Yeah, I'm
2: super down to watch it. Is it good?
0: Yeah, it's not as like polished as his later stuff, but it's really good.
2: It's Yeah, it's good. I, I yeah, Ouija and End of Cinture are the only ones I haven't seen. I really, I love Mike Flanagan. I, I've i like, I've loved everything he's done. Um, Haunting of Bly Manor was definitely like, what he was least involved in, and so it's probably my least favorite project of his. But I still really like it. Um, so I really like the way that this this movie is directed. Um, and kind of going to the idea of the movie, I, I read a quote of of his, and he said, "This movie is just as much a horror movie as it is a fairy tale." And I, I would 100% really, agree. I really agreed with that because this movie is really sweet. Is the thing. Which you can't say about that many horror movies, but and Mike. Flanagan but I think you
0: different. can. I think you can say about most of Mike Flanagan. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Most
2: of his projects are are really wholesome, honestly, and really. Um, besides um,
0: all the violence and death.
2: Besides all the violence, oh <laughs> my goodness! The 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 main kid in this movie, Jacob Tremblay, is in his, another movie of his, Doctor Sleep, for literally two scenes. One of them is him being violently killed. Is the thing. And like, it's the most disturbing part in the movie. And so like he's not afraid to do violence, but he's also like, his stories are just very, very, um, I don't know, emotive. That's the best way that I can, they they get to the pathos and stuff like that. They tug at the heartstrings. Um, I love the story of this movie. Um, the twist is so good because it's kind of sweet, but also still kind of creepy. Um, the The villain of the movie is great. Um, creepy, but great. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything like I don't like about this movie. Um, I don't think there is the dad's wig is kind of weird looking.
0: I will say this. I don't know. if It's a weird wig. I also I think, know I think the hair choice is strange. It's Thomas Jane. And I kept saying, I think his hair is long to show us that like he's, He's in grief and he's not taking care of himself. It's a weird choice. It is the hair is a problem for me, but don't worry. Uh, spoiler alert: you don't have to deal with him that long. So yeah, he is he is not in the entire movie, uh, for reasons. But uh, let's go to Donnie Dorsey. Donnie, Donnie, uh, what what did you really enjoy about this movie?
1: I mean, kind of like going off what y'all were saying is that I think, I think it's just done really well. Like um, the way that it tells the story there were parts where you know i was like okay i feel like there's something missing and then it would show up and like the information would be kind of given to you but like overall like i mean it was it did what it was supposed to do like it was some had the horror all the right ha- horror elements and thriller elements that make you want to watch and enjoy the movie so i mean i thought he did a really good job the character, the, the actors that he chose were good um and i like the fact of how they how they chose to make the villain. Like, I think it, it was very, it was very clever to utilize the, the child's lack of understanding of something right. to create it. And then, you know, cause I think that is kind of a, like a clever way of showing how sometimes the way kids view things is just because of their perspective and they don't understand it the way they should or could until an adult kind of breaks it down for them.
0: Well, and I think, so we're going to spoil this movie as we do every movie because I think it's important. The whole point of this podcast is for you to be able to um, have conversations and for you to understand the ending is really important for this. So the villain is referred to as the canker man, which is this uh, shadowy, like humanoid type figure. It is bald. It is very kind of thin and it is consuming and devouring uh, humans in the real world. And what you find out at the end of the movie is that Cody, the eight-year-old who can manifest the dreams, his mother died of cancer when he was two. And the way that his brain at two heard the word cancer was canker. And so what he started to kind of say to people was, the canker ate my mom. The canker ate my mom. And so in his mind, there is this creature that is the canker man that eats people that are close to him. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this way to really talk about feet and nightmares and the kind of things that are around us as really the embodiment or the uh, manifestation of things that happen to us. And I would say that's what I love most about. um, And I will say this, Mike Flanagan, I think he's already directed two movies that are Stephen King adaptations. He is very much a Stephen King disciple of sorts. Um, and I think it's what Stephen King does well. I think it's what Mike Flanagan does. Uh, both of them are uh, grew up Catholic and uh, they have this kind of understanding of the world that the spiritual or what we might call the supernatural is kind of right behind um, the physical and that somehow the bad things that happen to us or the danger that kind of difficult emotions that we deal with they become doorways for these spiritual things these supernatural things to attack us now that's the way they kind of do it because i don't i don't know so i don't know either of the spiritualized i do know mike flanagan wrote an entire mini series about uh leaving religion so i don't i think he is no longer a believer and i don't know about stephen king but both of them see it in kind of supernatural very you know once again artistic ways of viewing it but we as believers and this really gets to our themes this comes out of um Uh, Lots of different, you know, in Ephesians, Paul says, um, don't hold on to your anger and give the devil a foothold, that these kind of emotions, these difficult emotions, fear, hurt, sadness, things like grief and trauma, um, things like anger, right? Unresolved amounts of any of this become footholds for Satan to speak lies to us, to get into Uh, attacking us and leading us towards temptation. And that's one thing I love about Mike Flanagan movies is that, and Haunting of Hill House I think is the best example of this in all, even more than Midnight Mass, which I love, is uh, you have a family that goes through just some of the most um, horrific things, and some of them are supernatural, and some of them are just just everyday, real-world traumas that they go through. And their entire lives are haunted by them because they're just trying to escape them. They're trying not to deal with them and their lives become informed by it. Now, for most of our children, at least at the age, especially when you've got teenagers, that's, that they're, they're not dealing with 30 years of unresolved issues. But every day comes with some level of difficulty. And what we thought this movie would be a good theme to talk about and ability, and this is why I asked my eight and 10 year old to watch it, um, because both of them are getting to an age where things happen that I don't know about, right? They're out in the world, they're interacting with other kids and someone says something that hurts their feelings or something happens with their sisters and they get angry about it or something happens because for my children, um, they spent a lot, a lot of their early life away from us and there are things in their past that like the character in this movie, they don't even remember them. But, and I said to them, but your body does, like your body remembers being afraid, your body remembers these things and being able to say to them, hey, you need to guard your heart and the way you guard your heart, Proverbs says that, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. It means everything in your life comes from what's stored up in your heart. If what's stored up in your heart is bitterness or hurt or frustration or fear, those things will come out in ways you never expect. Um, And in this movie, they come out through a demon monster that is going to eat you. That's not what's going to happen.
2: Well, do we want to talk about the twist?
0: We already did talk about
2: the us. The canker
1: The canker no, man
2: actually is actually a mama. His mom.
0: Didn't I say that? I don't think so. No, no, oh, you didn't. I didn't say that. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. you no, got I'm really going, close
1: to saying. No, like, did I? Did I miss that?
3: You oh, like, I'm I the movie mom? for you, and then you, yeah, did it. The, like, you, so you didn't. Oh, I <laughs> didn't spoil the movie.
1: Yeah. The, your, your brain was like, I will not spoil
2: this movie. The canker <laughs> is just Cody's mom. mom trying yep. to keep spending time with him. Yeah, And it's so sweet. Ah.
0: Well, I do want to be clear. I don't think that is what the twist is. And I don't want to get into this too much. I don't think it is his mom because the canker man turns into him. It is oh, right. It is him right. trying, it is him. And this gets into another thing that we don't, we don't have time to deal with here. It is him protecting himself from being hurt again. It is uh, him okay. creating this, what, what was scariest to him was this cancer But he is, is because when he, because what I expected was when the mom comes and hugs the canker man, I expected it to turn into the mom, but it turns into the little boy. It turns into him trying to protect himself. It is his manifestation of what happens when you get, I mean, I don't want to get into all that because that's, that's not the discussion that we're getting into, but yes, the twist of it is, is that all of that is informed by his mother's cancer. All of those, those fears come from this traumatic thing of losing his mother.
3: Um well thanks for spoiling the movie for me, Nathan.
0: You're welcome. Because <laughs> Heidi, Heidi, Heidi can spoil While We Sleep available <laughs> on Amazon Prime for the rest of us. I, Are you, you crazy? Let me tell you, when,
3: you. I, when I saw the um the parental like disclosures at the top, I was like, Wow, Nathan, okay.
0: <laughs> this is not appropriate for even adults. <laughs> Heidi's like, I feel scarred after watching While We Sleep. <laughs> 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 so anyway, we want to talk about. Uh, all all that the theme of this movie really is this idea of what we don't deal with And, and and i mean cody couldn't deal with it right he was two years old he didn't even remember dealing with it right but there are things that our kids go through and they just i want to ignore my bad feelings i want to ignore my fear i want to ignore my hurt i want to ignore my anger those things come out in ways that are damaging and harmful if we don't deal with them. And so I think with your teenagers, I think it's harder to have that conversation like in an intellectual way with your kids, but you can have it with your teenagers. So let's start there. Donnie, how do you think we even kind of approach that? How have you seen that at least in life, people dealing with unresolved things and it just comes out in damaging and harmful
1: ways? I mean, I think the first thing I think about is, um, is definitely, like fear of like being alone type things like i think i think those are big things where a lot of times people will enter into like unhealthy relationships for the fear of yes not having someone to support them because maybe when they were growing up they didn't have much of a support system so they you know they will get into very unhealthy relationships and it'll kind of manifest into that um that's the first thing that I thought of like as an example
0: or it's not even like a thing in your past cuz some people that's just their personality their personality is i need to always like have a person like mm-hmm. you grew up in a very healthy and very you know happy home but you know and i i saw this with a lot of teenagers there were certain ones they grew up in environments you know and mom and dad are in the picture and everyone's happy but because of just their personality they're like i always need to have a person with me and so you're right yeah. Uh, teenagers just I've always got to have a boyfriend always got to have a girlfriend I always got to have you know whatever I, I've i always got to have inactivity to keep me busy yeah. and what I knew and I used to have conversations with teenagers this is you're keeping yourself busy because you're trying to e- avoid something yeah. like you're trying. if you can't have a weekend where you're just at home that like you don't have to be a homebody but if yeah. you can't have a night where you're just at home by yourself you may be trying to avoid something. There may be something the silence brings out of you that you don't want to deal with. Uh, I agree. Anybody else, things that you, you think of when we think of just, hey, I'm not dealing with this emotion and because of that it comes out in some kind of unhealthy
3: way? Yeah, I think anger is one that comes out yeah. a lot. Like I see it with me. I'm not really somebody who like generally would like speak up or whatever. Like if somebody yelled at me in like a lot grocery store line, I'd be like, sorry <laughs> like just keep going
0: have you seen those but, have you seen those tiktoks of the guy who's like he's the guy who's all like someone comes in and starts yelling they're like you're such an idiot you're such an idiot and he's like okay mm, oh,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what i thought he's <laughs> he's just like okay yeah i am, yeah, yeah, I mean, I am.
3: like sorry you're probably right you know <laughs> um, but yeah i think that for me it usually like will build and then so you know so many of those little incidents happen and then i'll I'll like you know yell about something stupid or make a big deal you know and and what what actually happens is that I'm feeling kind of you know um ignored or or overlooked or something by all by all these other circumstances, and it usually will come out on my family, you know, and yeah. so that I think that's not really like a um you know, me exclusive thing, I think we kind of no. tend to take it out on the people that we're closest to, and we spend the most time with, and things like that, and so, yeah, I think anger is one of them, and, you know, your dad um, talked a, a while ago, and has since, but about anger being a secondary emotion, and I think right. that, you know, so often is kind of a good way to, like, just yeah, it's coming target, from something
0: else, go ahead yeah. and
3: target, that. yeah, so that's, that's helped me a lot,
0: Well, and I think to your point, so I have one daughter that is very much in that. um, She is, for people who care to know, is an Enneagram 9. And for her, what that means is she's a peacemaker. Um, And part of what that means is she always, in in any situation, and this seems like a really like, oh, this is a Christ-like thing. She is always willing to put her needs behind other people's needs. Like, oh, well, if you pick the restaurant we go to, you pick the thing we're going to do because it doesn't matter. But where that actually comes from is a root of believing my needs actually don't matter and no one cares about what I think or what my needs are or what you, and which was when you said like speaking up and like hearing my voice and my opinions. And what that does is that is not the Christ-like attitude. Like the Christ-like attitude is to say, I do have value. People do want to hear me, and there will be times that I choose to say I'm just not going to speak because it's not helpful, or I'm not going to force my opinion because I am going to actually serve you. But choosing to not speak because I think I have no value—what that actually does—and I see this in her a lot—is little tiny things become bitternesses of well, no one cares about me. God, y'all, y'all only care about everyone else, and you, it starts to grow, and it grows, and it grows, and then this happens a lot. Two weeks later. This explosion and this is not exaggeration. Two weeks later, an explosion happened, and I'll say, "Why? Why did you yell at me like that?" And, and she'll say, "Do you remember when you told me I couldn't have this or that?" And I was like, "No." And she goes, "It was that day that blah." And I'll go, "That was two and a half weeks ago." And she goes, "I've been mad ever since." And I go, "Okay, like, <laughs> you know what I mean?" But but and I think it's to your point, Heidi, of like, it's this little frustration because it never got spoken about, because it never got, like, if in that moment, and that's what, so that's how I work on it with her is I say, here's what I want you to do. I said, it is never rude for you to tell me I hurt your feelings. It is never rude for you to say, daddy, I wish you would have given me that. I said, it doesn't mean I'm gonna change. There probably was a reason I said, no, you couldn't have that. But it's always okay. I said, but it is disrespectful two weeks later. It's disrespectful to hold on to it for two weeks and not tell me. Because that is, that's not fair to me that you're mad at me for something that I don't even know you're mad about. And it's also disrespectful for it to come out in a yelling, screaming, I hate you, you know, whatever, because of something I did two and a half weeks ago. And so being, I think that's a great example. Because I think, and I think all of us personally, we have different, it may not be frustration. It might be fear. It might be hurt. But we hold on to it and then it becomes a monster. It becomes something within us we don't want to have to deal with. Donnie, it looks like you want to say something.
1: No, I was just going to say like, I mean, I think it like stuff like that is that like when we get so upset and so angered by it, a lot of times what I've seen is that it's usually like I expected something from you that I didn't tell you about. And then when you didn't meet that expectation, now I'm mad at you. But it's like that thing of, but you're setting me up for failure. Like, cause I'll tell my kids, I'm like, if you, if there's something going on, let me know because I if I don't agree to the expectation, I can't be held responsible for the expectation that you had in your head that you never spoke to me.
0: Yes. I think that's really good. Yeah. All expectations have to be kind of stated and really agreed to. Like yeah. not necessarily with your children. You can have expectations that they don't agree. <laughs> you have to brush your teeth. I do not agree to that. Like they, <laughs> they don't have to agree. But as an as like two adults, <laughs> yes, two adults, right, should expectations have to be clearly stated, they have Mm -hmm. to be realistic, and they have to be agreed to. I can't hold you to an expectation. If I say, we're going to have lunch every Thursday, we're going to have lunch every Thursday, and you say, well, I can't do that. I then can't be mad at you that I showed up to lunch and you didn't show up. You told me you weren't coming, (laughs) so it's not my fault. But if you agree to it, it is okay for me to come back and say, hey, you said you were coming, and then you didn't show up. And you didn't exactly. tell me like, yeah. that's
3: an appropriate. how long have you been waiting on Donnie at that restaurant?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, this This is a background. This is my home. I am at Chick-fil-A, Donnie. <laughs> I'm
1: so sorry. I'm so sorry.
0: So Sawyer, <laughs> I know before, and I think either on the podcast or maybe just in person, you and I have talked about um, often for you, when when difficult emotions arise, you kind of want to busy yourself yeah. and, and not necessarily have to deal with it, right. but then later it either becomes something bigger that you don't want to deal with.
2: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say like, the biggest thing for me is just like, whenever I have like a crappy situation, I'm more likely to either just like push it off is not a big deal because that's kind of daunting. And I'd rather just play video games or have fun riding my longboard or whatever. Right. Or I'm like, like yeah, you just like stimulus. I, I try to overdose on whatever stimulus I can find is the thing. And like that can result in like, addictions and stuff like that that can result in like um like like on the on the bad end it results in addictions at at the very least you're ignoring a problem as it grows is the thing Yeah, it and, becomes uh, an
0: inability to deal with anything exactly yeah. exactly
2: and so like i this movie i feel like it's almost like a um like a um what's it called? Like a funhouse mirror where you're going to see, like, it's going to just emphasize the yeah. things about you is the thing. Um, well, yeah. Good. So, and, and I, I just, I think that Cody, as uh, like Cody as a kid being the main character frames that really well, because I think it kind of emphasizes, yeah, we're all kind of Cody is the thing. We're all kind of oblivious to these
0: kinds of things. Well, if we, if we don't deal with them, Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah, we don't yeah. deal with them, and I think that's the big part. I do think most of us do, unfortunately, go through life uh, and we do avoid them. We do ignore them and they come out yeah. in different ways. Um, and so what some of us do, some of us do. And I'll say this because here's here's what I say. I don't want to just focus on avoiding them because I have my daughters kind of fit all the spectrum of all of these things. And I do make me and my wife do, too. I'm not I'm not just picking on them. We all do. Our family is a wide variety. I am an avoider. I am a. If it doesn't help me accomplish things, I'm just not going to deal with it. Um, we were talking about that. I talked about that last night with my wife. Of a, um, a few years ago, and and a, and a couple of us here, we had a a friend, uh, a close friend who who passed away in a very kind of tragic way. And because of my position, uh, I had to help a lot of people with that. And it took years for me to ever actually address the fact that I was sad about it. I was grief stricken. Deal with my grief because my personality is if I have a job to accomplish, I can't deal with my emotions. My emotions can go in a little, I don't like suppress them. They just go in a little box. I'll put them on the shelf and I'll come back to them. I'm just going to come back and I'll deal with them later. But the problem is, I'm walking around with an open wound and no one knows it, right? But then we have other people in my family who they're not avoiders, they are indulgers. So when I feel bad or I feel scared or I feel lonely, I want to sink to the bottom of that emotion. I'm not avoiding it. I just want to sit in the sadness. I just want to sit in the anger. I just want to sit in this. Well, that's not dealing with it either. And there's a feeling like, oh, well, they're dealing with it. They're not dealing with it. Dealing with it is not, let me just feel everything. Dealing is, let me address this. Let me bring this to God. Let me bring this maybe to other believers. Because that's one thing I want to talk about too on that. And I'll come back to that. But addressing it is, Let me actually talk about it. Let me actually figure out what is this feeling? What is this situation telling me about myself? And this is one thing I'll say for your teenagers that's really important. You may not be the person who can have all of these conversations with your kid, which is why it's so important your kid is in our student ministry. It is so important they have other adults who are believers because you don't want to just turn them loose to any adult who could influence them because they may not influence them towards Christ. But other believers who are adults who can sit with them when they say, yeah, I'm really, I'm feeling lonely and I'm thinking of making a bad decision. Or yeah, I got really hurt and I'm thinking of lashing out. Or yeah, I've been kind of, you know, the term is narcotizing, uh, which is like narcotic. It may, and it, but it may just be, I'm on TikTok for six hours a day because I don't want to have to deal with my thoughts. I'm binging, I'm binge watching something or at for some of your teenagers, the older they get, I'm binge drinking. I'm doing something I shouldn't do. And you need them to have an adult, because sometimes talking to mom and dad, and let's be honest, what may have hurt them, what may make them angry, may be mom or dad. Uh, and it's not necessarily because you're a bad parent. All of us, I was having a conversation with a parent the other day, all of our kids are going to have something to complain about us. at, No matter how good or loving of a parent, all of us are doing damage to our kids. Uh, the goal is I want to have other adults who are around who who can help them interpret that and go, hey, I know your mom, I know your dad, and I know what they said, but here's how you should talk to your mom or dad about that. Um, So that's one thing I want to bring up about this, but here's one practice I think that's helpful, whether you have little kids, if you're listening and you're you're not going to watch this because you got little kids, or you got older kids, I think one thing that would be a good practice to teach, because when you've got older kids, you can kind of talk with them about their emotion and like what's going on in their psychology. They have language and the conceptual thinking to deal with. Oh, I have these emotions and they're not really like part of my body. They're something else. Little kids don't have that. Little kids can talk about emotions, but in very brief ways. Right. And they can say that hurt my feelings and that's it. What may be best for your little kid. And this is not original to me. This is something I try to do. It's original to, I think, Andy Stanley is he was teaching once on guarding your heart, and he said he would go to his kids every night, put his hands on their heart and say, "What's in your heart tonight? Did something happen today that made you hurt? Did something happen today that maybe you feel guilty about? because we haven't said that. But guilt and shame are also things that get stored up in our heart that come out in damaging ways. Uh, and maybe I continue in sinful addiction, or maybe I start trying to to earn people's love, to make up for the bad thing I did, uh, which also isn't helpful, right? So he would say, what's in your heart? Are you afraid of something? You're this. And he, just for, for little kids, for them just to acknowledge it. Because sometimes with your little kid, the moment they say it, they feel lighter because now mommy and daddy know it. Mommy and daddy just know. But with your teenager, you might have to just have a regular time where you say almost like a weekly check-in because daily may be too much for them. But hey, can we just have time? That mom, you and mom go out for you know ice cream or you and mom go out for coffee or you, you know, you and dad kind of go to a ball game or something and you make it part of your routine of, can you just tell me one thing that's going on in your life right now, which sometimes is like pulling teeth with your teenager. But if you can make it a routine, whether they ever speak about it, every time you go, they now have an open door to talk about those things. Does anyone else have suggestions on ways that we can help our kids? Um, make almost just making safe spaces for our kids. Cause with little kids, you kind of have to force the conversation, but with teenagers, it's a different thing. Heidi, you've, you've raised a teenage, a teenage boy who I'm sure did not want to tell you everything going on in his life. So, so how did, how did you try to create spaces or maybe you wish you had created spaces to make this happen?
3: Yeah. So I think, um, for me from pretty early on, just because of the dynamic of me being a, a, only, you know, only parent, um, in his life. Um, I involved counseling, you know, and other, you know, we also
0: have our kids do that. I think that's huge.
3: Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's important that you find somebody that you feel like lines up with what the direction that you want your kids thoughts and, you know, plans to go towards. Um, but yeah. And, uh, And I think also (laughs) car rides, I know it sounds funny, but when I would have time, you know, either running, you know, cause you become, there's a stage in their life where you become their Uber driver and it's like, you know, you, uh, you have to, you know, have them at school at this time for their pre, you know, school practice and then pick them up at this time. And so they're so busy and they're, you know, going a million directions, but that time in the car can be really um, can be really precious. Now at the time when my son was growing up, like earbuds were just becoming a thing. They hadn't been, uh, so that might change things for parents now, but yeah, I think that, and, um, we used to do just because of our, the way that we, and you know, what we enjoy, we used to go and do hikes, um, or, you know, like just like, go spend time in nature outside of what we would normally do. So yeah, that always helped. Cause I'm not sure you can be really,
0: <laughs> you can technology be, attacking tiny
3: <laughs> all the time. Um, you can, you know, be really um, you have this time, you know, where you just, yeah. you can be open, you can um, chitty chat. And then that leads to one thing or another. And I think that, that that always was the easiest way that I could find for him to kind of, you know, unpack some things with me.
0: Well, and I think what you said there, that's huge, Heidi, is time is really sacred and we, we miss that a lot. And sometimes that's all we have as, as our kids get older, as we move from control, once again, with little kids, I I wouldn't, I would kind of make it an issue. Hey, we're going to talk like you, I want, I want, you know, because they're young enough, they're going to listen. But when you get to the influence stage of really, you know, 11, 12 and up, um well, all you really have control over is the spaces you create, right? The time. Hey, I do have control over their schedule to some degree. I do have control over the home environment. And the thing you mentioned about earbuds, I think is huge. I remember listening to a um speaker, I think his name is Andy Crouch, and he talked a lot about technology use in the homes as families. And he talked about how in his in his family, um, no one's allowed to have earbuds in in the car so when we ride we have a he goes we he goes we are the only family that still purchases iPods he said we have an iPod we load it up with music and different people get to control it and he said but when you have he has four kids like I do he goes no one no teenagers can agree on the songs. so most of the time what happens is we ride in the car with nothing and then we end up talking and he goes most families can't really imagine that because there is no structure. There is no space that is created. Because, yes, every day you're not going to have a great conversation. But if you allow the space, some days things come out. And I agree. Time in the car with your teenager is just massive. It's huge. Or creating space to go hiking. To have a-
3: because the thing about that with, with driving is that, that, like I said, there's this period of time where you act as like their chauffeur. Yes. And- then right as soon as that period of time is over like I feel like it's so critical to like get it right and not just be complaining the whole time you know like yeah. I hated those early morning football practices those were the worst he had to be at the school at 5 45 um, <laughs> but yeah I just need to throw that out there everybody feels sorry for me 5 45 <laughs> but um, I, I think like he got his driver's license and then it was just like Yes, that that little element of control that I still had was gone, you know, and now it's all up to him.
0: Well, and I think that's the part that we miss as parents sometimes is when, when it shifts to now all I'm doing is driving my kid. See that as an opportunity. Right. See everything, even difficult things as opportunities. How can I leverage this time? For the sake of teaching my kid to love Jesus.
3: Totally. Yeah. And it can't, but you can't, um, which is something that I got wrong a lot. You can't be stuck on like what you don't have. Yeah. That's right. You're not good. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah. And I'm not, yeah. I don't have the relationship I used to have, or I don't have the opportunities that other people have, or whatever. Yeah. You get, Focus. And I think the thing you said that, that's huge, and I would agree on this, um, because of the specific nature of our family, uh, our kids also do therapy. And I just so and uh, even our biological daughter, we have her doing therapy as well, uh, because and I'll say this, if you if you've ever had young kids in therapy, nothing is really happening. They're just they're kind of like just they're not talking about anything that matters. But what's important for us is to have a daily rhythm so that at some point in their life, if they do need therapy. Uh, they do need to go see a counselor. We want them to know there is no stigma around this. There is no there is no bad, like it's not like, oh, something really bad has happened because I need to go see a therapist. It's just a part of life. And so I'm not saying every family has to have their kid in there. I don't want you here because it is expensive. I'm not saying by any means you have to figure that. What I would say though is there shouldn't, you should not feel a stigma if you feel like, hey, that is something I need to do. That because of something in particular that my kid is going through, or I feel like they need to talk about and they're not talking to me about, That is, I think, an appropriate thing. And if you reach out to the church, uh, uh, Jason, who's on our staff, uh, he does counseling, but we could also point you to uh, uh, Christian counselors uh, that, like Heidi said, would kind of help be a safe place for them to talk, but also would point them towards Jesus. So I just want to throw that out there um, on top of what Heidi said. I do think it is a beneficial thing uh, if it is possible. Uh, And uh, anyway, so I think all of that is good stuff. I don't know if anyone else has anything to add on this. Donnie, looks like you do.
1: Well, I was going to say that, um, having been like, having worked with like youth, like, yeah, like the middle school and high school age, I think a very critical part is really having, I mean, you know, the term of like building a village, you need to have a village that can help. Yes. you. Yes. Because I think what I learned was, you know, as part of other parents villages, is that I was often able to be given information and to be able to you know appropriately help them and like you said yeah. like having a safe space where they would go hey I'm upset with my mom or dad or something like that and they may have they may feel very comfortable sharing these things and and I would and I would be able to be there and then it would help to develop better relationships with their parents because yes. a lot of times you know as parents as parents we know that at some point we move out of that that role of being that person that they go to all the time and if we can have a good village around us it makes it so much better because it's like you know what they're not going to talk to me but i know that there are enough people around them that care about them and want and want the same things for them that they can talk to because i think i know for a fact like if some of the kids that i've you know That I've worked with and stuff like that hadn't had the extra adults, they wouldn't be where they are now. And like, I've had conversations where someone will be like, that like they'll tell me about conversations we had. And I'm like, what? Like, I I don't remember that conversation, but they're like, it meant the world to me. And I'm like, oh, like, and but for me, it was just, I was just trying to be a good listener, you know, so that they didn't feel ignored. And come to find out, it was a, you know, it might have been a pivotal point, but like, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying, it's like, it's, it's that village. Without yeah. that without that village, it's we can get to the point where we try to control too much rather than influence.
0: Well, and I think, so I, I think that's a great place to end on because as a church, just so, and, and we're really trying to hit this more and more. The best thing that you could do for your kid is one that you have a village around you, that you have people that are around you in that your love for Jesus and his church is actual. It is real and it is seen for them. That your devotion to Jesus as a disciple of Jesus, that matters. But second, that you help them to be in environments, whether it's in children's ministry, at, you know, for young kids or student ministry when you have older kids. Um, that they have adultery around them that you know they're they're pushing you towards, pushing your kid towards life with Jesus, because here's the truth. And I know this feels scary sometimes. It feels like, well, I really want them to figure out their grades, or I really want them to figure out their future, or I really want to figure out their relationship with me. But we as parents have to have this long view of things. Their life is not until they're eighteen, and their relationship with us is not until they're eighteen they're going to live a lot longer than that. We got to be patient at 18. Yeah. Maybe things are tough between us and maybe at 18, they haven't figured everything out. But if I can keep them in love with Jesus and involved in a church where there are other believers, I trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak through those other believers to say, Hey, you need to go talk to your mom or dad, or Hey, you got to go have this conversation or Hey, you need to do this differently. So I just want to hit on that. I think what Donnie said is huge. And let's end it there and leave it there because we hope you guys join us next week. We want to be a part of your village, just a small part uh, that is helping you to raise your kids to love Jesus and his way of life even more. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.